everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of the Proton Pack podcast. I'm Chris, and with me is the Marty to my Dr. Brown, Tony. Marty! What <laughs> up, Doc? <laughs> What's going on? Not much. Trying not to laugh so much. That's a good intro. <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, uh, this is the Proton Pack podcast. Uh, basically, in this, Tony and I talk about the geeky, nerdy stuff that uh, interests us from TV, movies, video games, toys, comic books. You name it, if it's nerdy and geeky, we enjoy it. Yeah, it's very pop culture related. Um, you'll find uh, this podcast is just going to be us really talking about the latest in uh, pop culture, which is everything geeky to us and fun. Uh, movie release dates, suggestions, movie reviews. Um, it's going to be a fun time, so we hope you uh, enjoy this podcast. And uh, it is a lot to say in the beginning. The the Proton Pack podcast is a, a lot, lot of peas. Yep. So, uh, that's a lot of peas, Doc Brown. <laughs> so the timing of this podcast actually works out really well. This past weekend uh, was Comic-Con. Uh, unfortunately, neither of us had a chance to attend this year. Uh, we've been in the past. I've been a number of times. Uh, Tony, you've come with me once or twice, I forget. Twice. Twice, twice. that's right. Yep. And uh, every time is so much fun. Um, hoping to get back there next year, but unfortunately, uh, situations didn't work out that we could be there uh, this go around. But with that being said, uh, this podcast in uh, general, or this episode, we're going to be breaking down, giving out all sorts of information on what came out of Comic-Con uh, this go around. So... Uh, I don't know if there's anything you wanted to talk about before we get into it, but uh, what do you think there, Tone? No, I'm ready to uh, get down and talk uh, Comic-Con because there's so much to dish. And I think for a kickoff episode, this is uh, a fun place to start. So let's roll. Yeah, and on uh, most episodes, we'll dive a little bit deeper into some things. Uh, with this one, I think we're just going to fire it off a, a little bit quicker than we would normally go, just because there's so much to cover. But uh, let's go ahead and start with television. Uh, so one of the biggest things to come out of Comic-Con TV-related uh, early on in the weekend was The Walking Dead. Uh, they released the Season 9 trailer um, as... Everybody knows it's going to be Andrew Lincoln's last season. And, uh, of course, it's the follow-up to uh, the big all-out war with Negan in uh, Season 8. And so uh, the trailer, which, uh, by the way, we'll be putting up on our fight Facebook page. We'll put up all the trailers for all of these. Um, I wish there was something called Fight Book. Like fight you book. Were, <laughs> like I said there, I like that. Fight Book. Coral! <laughs> There's going to be a fight on the fight book, Coral. <laughs> Fatality. <laughs> In any case, uh, our Facebook page, which you can find, uh, just look up the Proton Pack, uh, sort of a green slimy background with uh, some beams running through it. Uh, easy to find. If you know Facebook, you can find it on there. Anyway, so uh, we'll put the trailer up for The Walking Dead. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, basically the original survivors um, of Liberty and uh, the saviors um, coexist now that Negan is uh, no longer in charge. Uh, what did you get from that uh, trailer? It, it picks up. So it's a time warp from where it ended in uh, season eight. So it's about a year, year and a half past 
um, shows that they're growing as a community. Um, there's, and, and you gotta be careful too. I don't want to, I don't want to do spoilers, but if you're listening to, to this, uh, podcast, there may be occasional spoiler, but, um, I won't spoil it on this one, just giving a heads up, but just the way season eight ends kind of picks up, <clears throat> you can kind of see some growing tensions between the original members and things like that. And, and uh, it looks awesome. It really does. They have a new showrunner in charge of it uh, this season. It looks cool. They're trying to go in a fresh new direction because I'm a huge Walking Dead fan, as I know you are. Yeah. And uh, and for as good as the storyline of All Out War was, there was a lot of drawn out um, episodes, you know. And I can't say every episode's fantastic. It's it kind of it, it needs a new a new spark to it, but. Uh, um, I think having uh, Andrew Lincoln, uh, which we'll we'll talk about here in a second, I think him coming out with his upcoming departure was a little disappointing to hear before the season even starts. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you're going to know leading up towards the end of the season that something's going to happen. You know, it's not like he's just going to ride off into the sunset and that's the end of... Uh, um, why am I blanking on his name right now? Rick Grimes. Oh, gotcha. Grimy Grimes. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, like you said, you alluded to a little bit of tension uh, between uh, the original members. Uh, if you watch the trailer, as I mentioned, it's about five minutes long. Uh, you can see where that sort of manifests itself uh, a little bit further into uh, what they're looking to do in the season. But uh, yeah. regardless, I'm excited it's coming back. Um, I'm definitely a big fan of The Walking Dead, not so much a fear of The Walking Dead, so we're not really going to cover that uh, here on this one, but uh, yeah, I'm excited. I am too, and I was going to say too, at the end of it, um, so they bring in four new characters, and uh, it kind of goes there, I think they're at the uh, the part in the comic books where they're dealing with the whispers, where uh, what those are is it's people that wear walker skin and they walk with the herds and uh because the big bad negan is now you know held captive so right they need a new big bad and so uh actually that could be interesting yeah i'm I'm excited to see how it plays out for sure um uh, we'll get said the trailer was awesome um so yeah let's uh let's divulge in a little quick discussion on walking dead though but what do you think of uh um andrew lincoln's exit on this Well, I mean, it's one of those things that uh, obviously the show is departing from the comic book. Um, It couldn't follow it right along. Uh, You know, you have characters in the show that don't exist in the comic, uh, some that were killed off earlier, some that were killed off later. And, uh, you know, I I can see where he maybe wants to go on and do something else, do more feature films. Um, You know, The Walking Dead, I'm sure, is a huge um, time constraint as far as the filming schedule goes. And so, you know, it's... I, it could provide a, the nice refresh that uh, you were talking about. Yeah, it's uh, when I first heard, I was like, so the thing I didn't like about it is, is I wish they didn't say anything. Because the one great thing about the show was you didn't know what was going to happen. So you didn't know, like, uh, you know, st- I can spoil this because if you're this far behind, then <laughs> that's that's too bad for you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's like 
uh, when they came back, when they first met Negan, you were like, who did he, who did he take Lucille to? And, right. and, and then we all thought, okay, it's Glenn. But when they ended up being Abraham, you're like, oh, good. Glenn saved. Oh, sh-. you know, <laughs> I stopped myself there. But then you were like, holy crap. They totally bashed Glenn and it was gruesome, but you didn't oh, see it yeah. coming. I mean, you expected it. They swerved you and then they delivered. Right. That's, that was always one of my favorite things about the show. And, they did kind of something close to that in the last season, but not as shocking. It was shocking, but not in the Glenn uh, realm of things. So for Rick Grimes being your main focus since the beginning, I think to do something crazy like if you actually – because you always think, well, he's the main star of the show. They're not going to kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I, and I don't know if they're going to kill him in there. He may just do what um, Morgan did and – he goes on his spiritual path and ends up on Fear the Walking Dead, which we know Rick won't go to that. But um, if they did something like that, just shocking. Like if they were to kill him, it'd be best. It'd be better to not know about it, right. like because you know he's leaving. You know his character is going out somewhere or the other. We just don't know how. But it kind of takes the element of surprise out. But after watching the trailer, and they still have Daryl, and Daryl's a huge fan favorite, and. You know, Jeffrey D. Morgan does a stellar job as Negan. I don't see how you could ever spin him as a good guy. No way. There's just, I mean, he's done too much to the to their group, but he's still around, so there's still that potential to have a badass uh, villain in the show. So, you know, I, I'm gonna still go along for the ride. I'm not, I'm not done with the show. I may, it's gotten a little stale, but uh, always uh, new blood there. Right. So. so we'll have to wait till uh, October, right, before the season comes out? Yeah, I think it's October 7th, if I'm not mistaken. Right. I could I could be mistaken, so we'll just say October. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, moving away from uh, Gruesome Walkers over to Disney. <laughs> Disney just uh, announced, oh, boy. <laughs> which was a huge shock, is that uh, the Clone Wars series is coming back for one final season. What? Uh, I know. It's a chance for them to uh, close out the series. Excuse me, the series. Um, You know, unfortunately, with where it was at before, some things got left hanging. Uh, They basically did a, um, oh, what did they call it? Uh, the Lost Missions, which were like the remaining episodes of the, the final season um, that had already aired. But it left a lot of plot points dangling. So, um, you know, Disney came out. It's going to be on their streaming service. Um, so their streaming service is obviously going to include, uh, uh, you know, Disney features. It's going to include uh, the Lucasfilm Star Wars universe. And then it's going to include Marvel as well. But... Uh, Dave Filoni, who was the showrunner for The Clone Wars, um, is very happy that he has a chance to uh, wrap everything up. Yeah, no, I'm really happy that they're able to bring back. And what a great surprise, too. I know, um, as we'll get further into this episode, um, now that obviously Disney owns, um, you know, the Star Wars properties and, uh, and Marvel uh, their presence at Comic-Con's not as much because they have their D23, right? That's what it, their Ex- big event is. Exactly, yep. Yeah, so they kind of save everything for their Disney event, uh, which is fine. 
but it kind of stinks though because like Comic Con's where you want to hear about all that stuff, right? Um, well, and so, then the other thing I was thinking, you know, sort of going back to Marvel not having a presence at Comic Con, is that uh, you know they're basically left us on this cliffhanger for uh, Avengers: Infinity War, and then next year will come out, you know, the the next Avengers, whatever they decide to call it. Uh, my guess is they didn't want to give out so much information that would spoil what ends up happening with the Avengers um, because of this cliffhanger. So that's my guess on why they probably skipped uh, Comic-Con this year. Yeah, that, that that's a good call. I mean, I was kind of hoping they'd uh, show a Captain Marvel trailer um, since that's going to come out before Avengers. But yeah, maybe we'll see it here in the... Uh... Next couple months or something. Yeah. Now, did you hear that because Captain Marvel takes place in the 90s, uh, they are going back and you know how in like Ant-Man, Ant-Man and Wasp and all of these flashback scenes, they basically de-aged all of the actors. They're going to do the same thing to Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury for uh, the entirety of Captain Marvel. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. They do a great job with that, too. I mean, to see a young Michelle Pfeiffer and uh, Michael Douglas in Ant-Man was awesome. I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> I know. It's spot on. And then they yeah. even did that with uh, Robert Downey Jr. in uh, Civil War. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, made him look really young. And it's amazing the technology they come up with. Yeah, it's super awesome. It's really cool. So anyway. I'm trying to find other words than cuss words here. <laughs> They're awesome. They're super cool. <laughs> Uh, so we diverged a little bit from Star Wars Clone Wars. Uh, again, we're going to uh, going to put up the uh, trailer on our Facebook page so you can check it out. Uh, definitely well worth a watch, especially if you were a fan of the Clone Wars, um, which debuted like 10 years ago, which is sort of amazing. It's great. And they went on to do Rebels, which kind of tied some of the characters from from Clone Wars into Rebels, which was sweet. And they all count as a part of the uh, Star Wars canon. So exactly. that's that's an awesome thing, which makes it more makes you want to watch those more because they actually tie the movies together, which is it's free. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Going from the Star Wars universe over to the DC universe, um, the CW, which, you know, uh, has basically all of the television properties for DC. They have Supergirl. They've got the Flash, uh, Green Arrow um, or just Arrow. Uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, last year they debuted uh, Black Lightning. And uh, so obviously all of the teasers came out for the upcoming seasons for all of those shows, which uh, are great. I'm not going to post all of those up just because there's a bunch of them to watch. But what I am going to post up is the Heroes and Villains trailer, which sort of encompasses all of it. And it uh, also alludes to the crossover event, which they do every season. And uh, what they tease in this one for the crossover event is uh, Batwoman joining the CWDC universe, uh, which is going to be neat to see. You know, it's uh, uh, you know, it's not Batgirl; it's Batwoman, who they came out with uh, after the New Fifty Two, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they treat her. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be neat to have her in it. Um, it. And the CW shows now, I don't personally, I haven't watched them. So um, 
I know you're you've watched all of them and uh, it's one of those I'll get to them kind of things. But, you know, watching the trailers and stuff like that definitely looks really cool. Yeah. The hardest thing is with so many shows that they've got on the CW, trying to keep up with them gets really tough. Honestly, I haven't even started uh, Black Lightning yet just because I haven't been able to keep up. Yeah, they do have a lot. (laughs) But uh, so, yeah, I don't know if they're going to give Batwoman her own series or if she's just going to be a add on to one of the other series as well. Uh, But they will be debuting her uh, in this upcoming uh, crossover season. Um, Now, another show that uh, I didn't watch the first season of, I was aware of it. Um, just never got around to was Krypton on uh, Sci-Fi Network. Uh, did you see any of that tone? I watched the trailer, but I've never actually watched it. Um, I haven't seen the show, no. Looks neat. Yeah. So out of San Diego Comic-Con came the season two trailer, which after watching the season two trailer, I kind of want to go back and uh, watch season one because they have Brainiac, who's going to be in it, looks spot on. Doomsday, who looks amazing. I mean, the weird doomsday creature that they did in Batman versus Superman, uh, sort of (laughs) disappointing. Um, Very disappointing. This looks like doomsday from the comic books. Death of Superman um, looks really cool. And then they've obviously got uh, the descendant of uh, Zod, Uh, not general Zod because he wouldn't have been born yet but uh, his father or grandfather. And so uh, after watching this trailer, uh, again, I'll put it on our Facebook page. Uh, I want to go back and watch season one. Oh, me too. And, and the thing is, is um, I will, like you, we're both busy. Um, a lot of the times I don't have cable, so I catch stuff on uh, Hulu or Netflix. That's pretty much my go-to for catching up on shows. So um, I'll have to find a way to catch it, but it, but it does look awesome. Yeah, yeah. So uh, speaking of the DC Universe, um, DC announced last week, just before Comic-Con, the um, basically their subscription service. So as we mentioned that uh, Disney's having their own subscription service, uh, DC's doing their own. And uh, they announced the pricing, they announced uh, the content that's going to be on it, at least to begin with. And uh, for my money, I I may be signing up for it. Um, DC Universe, which they haven't announced when it officially comes out, will be available for $74.99 for the year, which is very similar to Amazon, or $7.99 a month. And uh, it's pretty reasonable. And what you get for that is not only access to DC's old shows and old movies. Uh, for instance, you can watch you know everything from like Batman Begins to um, the Justice League movie that just came out, uh, the old Superman movies with Christopher Reeve, but they also have the old uh, TV show uh, or TV shows, uh, Lois and Clark, uh, New Adventures of Superman, Batman the Animated Series, uh, Super Friends. And so that's all of the old stuff they have. What's exciting is the new stuff. Um, The one trailer that they just came out with for San Diego, again, I'll put it up on Facebook, is Titans. It is a um, live-action version of Teen Titans. It's got Robin. It's got Starfire. It's got Raven, uh, Beast Boy, and then uh, Hawk and Dove. 
But what threw me off is watching the trailer. It's basically going to be an R-rated show. I did not expect that. You did not expect the F Batman line? No, not at all. And there's blood and gore and, you know, so it's definitely not Teen Titans Go. This is a adult version of the Teen Titans. Uh, Looks really cool. So I'm excited for that. Uh, They're going to have a Swamp Thing show. I don't know if that's going to be live action or animated. Uh, Doom Patrol and Harley Quinn, I believe both of those are animated. And then uh, Jeff Johns just announced that he is uh, working on a live action version of Stargirl. Uh, now, Stargirl is a character I'm not super familiar with. Um, she's part of the Justice Society of America and, as opposed to the Justice League. Um, but, you know, with Jeff John, Johns at the helm, it could be pretty good. Yeah, I think so, too. I think the DC subscription service thing is a neat is a neat thing for sure. I know um, that's kind of the way where cable is kind of dying is everyone's kind of going to their own subscription things because they see how good uh, Netflix does it and Hulu's adapted to, to doing really good things as well. Um, I'm actually surprised DC didn't pair with like Hulu, you know, kind of an already an established thing. I know I heard Disney tried to do that too, but Disney was like, we'll do our own. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, you got now you think when DC launches, you got to compete with, you know, Disney subscription service, Netflix and Hulu. But uh, and before you know it, I mean, you're almost up to cable pricing again if you have all these subscription services. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, but there's super great content on a lot of these things. Well, the, the one company that actually sort of proved the model was CBS. They have the CBS All Access, which, uh, you know, their original show, uh, Star Trek Discovery, um, apparently it's doing really well. I don't have that subscription service. Uh, haven't seen the show. Um, people seem to like it. I'm not a huge Star Trek fan. I tend to lean a little bit more towards uh, the Star Wars side. But, um, you know, I, again, with only really one piece of original content, it's, it's proven the business model. Yeah. My sister, uh, she had the CBS one, and uh, we got it. Um, well, she got it. And I used it just to watch uh, Big Bang Theory. Because mm-hmm. Big Bang, you can't stream on Hulu, you know. So you kind of have to have another thing if you want to watch that particular show. So, but uh, yeah, it uh, they had a lot of their old CBS shows on there. I mean, they didn't really appeal to me. I mean, if you want to watch Cheers and MASH and all that <laughs> stuff, and, then you have access to all that, well, which is great. CBS is kind of the old person network, you know. They've got a you know Hawaii Five O and all of the CSIs and NCIS and and all of that weird stuff, and a lot of that doesn't appeal to me. Um, in fact, they're coming out with a Magnum PI reboot, which again, mm. best left for the eighties. Yeah, especially you, how are you going to top Tom Selleck's mustache, man? Yeah, and the, the guy doesn't even have a mustache. Epic. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, that don't work. No. So anyway, uh, yeah, we'll keep you posted on uh, when DC Universe is supposed to be coming out. But uh, at least as of now, we've got some pricing on it and some uh, insight into some of the original content. Yeah, I would check it out for sure. Yep. All right. And then the last piece of news uh, that we're going to be covering for television and uh, got a little uh, cameo from Tia. 
apologize Hi, about that. <laughs> My Welcome little... to the Proton Pack Podcast. <laughs> A little yappy dog barks at uh, everything. Uh, uh. <laughs> In any case, so the last bit of TV news that uh, I wanted to cover out of Comic-Con is Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, Tony and I have talked a lot about this from what we've seen. Finally got our first look at actual footage from it, and I could not be more disappointed. What? I mean, I'm oozing over it. I got the countdown, baby. September something, it's coming out. I mean... (laughs) I am super stoked to watch Overweight Splinter team up with four turtles that don't look like turtles. Huh? <laughs> Who's buying that? Uh, Nobody? Bueller? Bueller? No? No, man. It looks looks awful. Hey, just for the hell of it, I'm, I am going to put the uh, trailer up. <clears throat> uh, it's a five-minute trailer, and Ugh. the humor looks terrible. I, it do, it's not funny. Why would you follow up the last Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle reboot that was on Nickelodeon, which was awesome? Oh, it was fantastic. They, they did it great. They had a good storyline. They had they made it their own, but they still threw tongue in cheek to the to the turtles that you and I grew up with in the eighties. Which for the for the older or excuse me the younger crowd now that's into those turtles are like, eh, your turtles are kind of terrible, which they poked massive fun at in a crossover episode they did Um, but but what that series did was they took the sort of pixar mentality where you make it for the adults and the kids will follow so those of us who grew up with the original ones there was a lot of adult humor there was a lot of uh sort of tongue-in-cheek tongue in cheek (laughs) oh very good Uh, for you (laughs) that was a uh, unintended racial slur I'm very sorry about that oh that's gonna haunt you in like three to four years tongue-in-cheek and when you're uh, when you're a big-time radio personality at Lotus man that's gonna come back and bite you in the booty So, um, but yeah, they did it really well. They made it for the adults and then the kids loved it because it, it it didn't pander to them. This one panders to the kids. Yeah, I, I don't, it looks terrible. The trade, oh, I will say one thing about that looks nice. The colors are bright. (laughs) It kind of looks like if you took Teen Titans Go mixed it with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and then just mixed it with, like, maybe a knockoff of what the Ninja Turtles would be. I don't know. It just it just looks terrible. Yeah. I don't know if you got the same vibe, but watching it, I got the sense that the animation style was very Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it wasn't smooth. It but, was, like... Not in a good way. Yeah, it was, like, jagged and weird and... Uh, yeah, not looking forward to it. No, uh, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be crappy. Yeah, but what can you do? We're not in charge. No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so that does it for TV. Uh, shifting our way over to movies. Um, you know, 
one of the biggest stories that came uh, just before San Diego Comic-Con hit was the firing of James Gunn. Now, James Gunn was uh, not only the director of Guardians of the Galaxy Volumes 1 and 2, but he was also being uh, uh, touted to head up the Marvel, um, uh, oh, what do you call it, Cosmic Universe. And so Marvel was sort of taking this fork in the road where Kevin Feige would oversee the rest of the Marvel Universe and James Gunn would oversee the uh, Cosmic Universe, which I was really looking forward to. Uh, as, but, as was I. But for some reason, they decided to fire James Gunn due to tweets that he had made some six to ten years back before he was even hired on uh, with Disney and Marvel. And, um, you know, if you go through and you look at them, yeah, they're crass, they're not tasteful, um, but but they're they're satirical. They're sat... Can't talk today. They are satire, um, which basically, you know, it's... He's saying it to get a reaction, and uh, you know, even in um, his follow-up to the firing, you know, he pointed that out, you know, point blank. Um, he did. They it happened six years ago. James Gunn publicly apologized six years ago before he made the first Guardians for those jokes that got him fired, and he apologized for the person he was, and from that point forward, he proved to be a better man. His brother came out today and said, you know, this, you know, ever since being a part of Guardians has changed his life, the way he looks at things. And and like you said, he just made stupid. He was trying to make trying to be just that guy that says something to get a reaction. Right. You know, to jumpstart his career. And obviously he found out that storytelling and when he got into the Guardians is like, oh, my gosh, like this guy took an irrelevant franchise in the comic book world, maybe not irrelevant to everybody, but it's not your well-known. And now guardians of the galaxy are like household. Like they're, they're big time players. Exactly. Because of James Gunn. Yeah. Nobody knew who star Lord or rocket the raccoon was before, uh, James Gunn, you know, basically brought him in to be a household name. And, uh, you know, it was that sense of humor. It was that um, uh, satirical thought process that made Guardians of the Galaxy a success. Now, again, obviously what he had said those years ago, he even apologized for. He said we're indefensible. Um, But at the same time, Marvel hired him on knowing that he had made those tweets. Um, don't know what the reason was now, who got all upset this go around, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it's sad to see him go. I, when you texted me that I was like, no, like instantly, like, oh crap, because the guardians of the galaxy have actually become my, you know, one of my favorite entries in the whole Marvel universe right now. I mean, they're so entertaining, so well done. If you've done the ride at uh, Disneyland, it's so well done. Um, and it has a lot to do with the ensemble of the cast and, you know, the direction of James Gunn. And and even in this last uh, Infinity War that came out, um, they brought James Gunn in to specifically do the dialogue for the Guardians of the Galaxy to keep the flavor correct. And 
you know, the same sense of uh, humor, the same everything. So it's it, it's really sad. I know right now there's a petition out there, and as of the time of this recording, um, there's 50,000 people that have signed the petition to rehire James Gunn. And I think the guy manned up to it six years ago before he was hired. Before. Right. It's not like he did it yesterday. He didn't just make these comments. It wasn't like Roseanne who came out and said – something stupid and then got fired you said it six years ago and 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 it's just i don't know i don't know i think people are too damn sensitive and (laughs) and it's not one of those things the dude apologized and he even admitted it before he was hired so it's kind of weird to me that they would hire him and then fire him because it becomes surface when you knew that it was there you know six years ago Right. Well, and the thing is, you know, when I saw the headline, I was like, oh, man, you know, they got him because he sexually assaulted somebody. He he you know, he did something, you know, that that would warrant a firing, you know, or he said something today or he said something two weeks ago that would get him fired. But six years ago, uh, you know, people change. People are different. Um I, again, you know, the, the the things that he did say, yeah, I mean, they were awful and crass, but, you know, he's a different person now. So, you know, that's that's my two cents on it. Hopefully he makes it back. Um, oh, I hope so. We'll um, they're saying, though, if he doesn't, they're looking at getting the Thor Ragnarok director to to jump in there, which I think would be a good replacement if you're going to have to replace him, but it's going to be, it's going to be hard. I mean, I mean, what do you do too? What if, uh, what if Batista doesn't want to do these things? You know, the guy who plays, um, Drax Drax, Yeah. Um, like he came out, he's the first one of the guardians to come out and say, you know, you know, I'll have no more to say right now, but James Gunn is one of the most loving, caring, good natured people I've ever met. He's gentle and kind, cares deeply for people and animals. He's made mistakes. We all have. I am not all capital okay with what's happening to him. Wow. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Taika Waititi would be a good backup. Uh, he did a great job with Thor Ragnarok, but, uh, you know, still not quite the same as James Gunn. So no. we'll, we'll see how this plays out. Fingers crossed. We'll keep you posted on the Proton Pack podcast. Exactly. All right, so one of the other uh of the first trailers to come out uh, movie-wise from San Diego Comic-Con was Glass. And Glass is... Sharp. It'll cut you up. (laughs) That is true. Slice you, Doc Brown. It will slice you. (laughs) For those of you who don't know what Glass is, it is the follow-up to uh, M. Night Shyamalan's basically unbreakable so you had mr glass uh who was played by samuel l jackson you have bruce willis and then it was revealed uh when it came out last year the movie split which had um uh james mcavoy was professor x exactly was part of that same universe um multiple personalities if you haven't seen it i highly recommend it not all of m night Shyamalan's movies are great or even good most are really bad (laughs) that one is and so the first trailer which brings them all together into this universe uh came out uh, over the weekend and uh having watched it uh i'm excited i'm really looking forward to it 
I am too. I thought Unbreakable was awesome. And that came out before superheroes were really blowing up. I mean, X-Men was taken off. Fox had hit the races with their, you know, the X-Men franchise. And uh, Unbreakable was one of those weird takes. It was a follow, you know, it was M. Night Shyamalan's like second movie after, uh, maybe it wasn't a second, but it was after The Sixth Sense, you know, because yeah, The Sixth Sense was big so big. Movie. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I like where it's going. Um, I, it's cool that it's all tied together and it looks freaking awesome. It, it does. It really <laughs> does for it being a non DC, non Marvel, but it's based in the realm of, you know, superheroes and villains and, and the whole fact that they could tie split because James McAvoy, holy crap, did he do a good job with, I think those he should have gotten at least an Oscar or Golden Globe nomination just for that character. Oh, he does it so well. And he looks even crazier in this one yeah and he's it's, ripped too oh yeah it's nuts so and i apologize if you hear background uh, there's uh guests outside the the <laughs> studio here they're playing a little Fortnite, and they're a little excited so bear with us if you hear any uh any Fortniteers back there but uh <laughs> so the nice thing with glasses we won't have to wait very long to see it comes out january 18th of 2019 so a little less than a half a year away all right, so uh, the next big thing is uh, Godzilla 2, King of Monsters. Oh, uh, Godzilla, he be a giant turkey that come out of the Mayfield. Oh, wait, no, that very wrong thing. Okay, continue, Doc Brown. <laughs> so uh, Godzilla, King of Monsters, uh, obviously is the follow-up to uh, the Godzilla movie that came out uh Two years ago? Yeah, the one with Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is, uh, again, the direct sequel to that. Um, brings back Ken Watanabe um, and Zheng Ji. And then uh, you also. <laughs> and then the main star of this one is going to be uh, Millie Bobby Brown, who is Eleven from Stranger Things. Oh, and... I thought I thought it was uh, Bobby Brown, my prerogative. <laughs> wrong, wrong no, Bobby I'm just Brown. Kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's hard to get a sense of what this movie is about. Obviously, this is uh, more of a teaser trailer. Um, apparently, there's something happening in the world, and they have to release all of the titans uh godzilla being one of those and then you also get mothra uh rodan and i guess the major nemesis of the movie is uh godira or godora godora wow (laughs) i I thought you were about to say oh godzilla no no is the uh it's the three-headed dragon oh gotcha yeah, so uh, Godzilla, Mothra, Rodan apparently fight uh, this three-headed dragon, Godira, Godora, whatever it is. Uh, but it looks cool. I mean, the effects look cool. The acting, I mean, the actors that are in it are fantastic. And I really enjoyed the first one. Well, I did too. I liked Matthew Broderick in it. He was great. And I liked yep. the yes, Sean P. Diddy Combs uh uh, remix of the Led Zeppelin song for the sound. Oh wait, no, that was in the that was in the nineties. Sorry, wrong one. That was the awful Godzilla. <laughs> I know that's so bad. Uh, I I thought the last one was good. I mean, it was different, and uh, yeah, it's good to get a follow up on it. So this should be uh, one of those big movies we see next year. 
And, you know, Godzilla was the hero of the movie. You know, he uh, basically like the T-Rex in every uh, Jurassic Park movie, um, you know, he came to save the day. And and it's neat to see that as opposed to, uh, you know, people just trying to destroy him and he wreaks havoc and then disappears. Right. I I like when they just wreak havoc and then they disappear. It's it's fun that way. (laughs) All right. Uh, Going from Godzilla uh, back into the DC universe a little bit. Um, Again, before Comic-Con hit off this weekend, there was the announcement that Warner Brothers, which... (laughs) <laughs> you, when, you said Warner, when you said Warner Brothers, I thought of those stupid T-shirts at the uh, at like the discount T-shirt places, like in Carson City, where it says, "If you see the cops, Warner Brother." <laughs> no, no, not what yeah. I was talking about at all. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was announced that the uh, Joker origin movie has the release date of October fourth, twenty nineteen, with Joaquin Phoenix taking on the role of the Joker. I have so many issues with this. First of all, the DC Cinematic Universe really needs to get their shit together. Um, There's no consistency. There is... It doesn't have the same flow. It doesn't have the same unity as the Marvel Universe. And this is going to be another standalone movie that has nothing to do with the DC Universe. The other problem I have with it is the whole point of the Joker is that nobody knows what his origin is. He is a mysterious figure. He has no name. He's got this shadowed backstory that bits and pieces of it sort of come in and out, but nobody knows if it's actually true. And that's the way the Joker should be. Um, The fact that they're giving him an origin story... Uh, rubs me the wrong way. The other problem I have with it is that it's being directed and co-written by Todd Phillips, the guy who did The Hangover. Um, Old school, road yeah. trip. Yeah. I mean, He's just against... here for the gangbang. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing stick, against Todd Phillips. To, no, stick to comedy, man. Sorry. Exactly. And the fact that, you know, they're saying that this is going to be darker and more experimental in tone and content paired up with the Todd Phillips sensibility, you know, yeah, I'll probably watch it, but I don't have high hopes. No. Not only that, the fact that it's coming out in October 2019 means that they are rushing to put this thing together. Yeah, they're not taking their time. And I mean, Joaquin Phoenix says he's scared to play this role. And it's because he's going to try to get into that character. And, and again, I mean, when you go into an iconic character like the Joker, you got to look back and you got to make it your own. I mean, you got to look like you have shoes to fill, like with the way Heath Ledger did it. I mean, the even way Jack Nicholson. Oh man, it's huge. And even uh, even though on the TV show Gotham, even though um, and I'm sorry, I don't have the actor's name on me, so maybe you know because you're really good with names. Um, but uh, even though he's not quote-unquote the joker on the tv show but even the way he handles the character or at least the character we think he's trying to be is his own take and it is creepy and awesome 
It is, yeah. I want yeah. to say Dominic Monahan, but that was the guy from Lost. I that believe was, yeah. Monahan's the last name. Anyway, he was the little redhead uh, O'Doyle kid neighbor from Click. Um, <laughs> oh, there you go. O'Doyle rules. <laughs> Throwing it back a little bit. So, um, and not only that, but they're also doing a standalone Joker film for Jared Leto as well, which I think he was a terrible Joker. Um, I won't make that any secret. Yeah, it's uh, well. On top of that, then the one in the DC universe is Jared Leto, who we are also looking to do a solo movie with him, and it's like well, that's what I just said. It's confusing. <laughs> so, oh, sorry. There's the Fortnite going on outside. So, <laughs> Somebody's not paying attention. <laughs> dang it! All right, well, there you go. There's my screw up for this episode. But yeah, it's ridiculous. Like that would be like Marvel creating. Like, okay, well. You've got Tom Holland Spider-Man here, but then even though Sony runs Spider-Man, we're going to do a whole different Spider-Man story with a different Spider-Man. And it just, what? What It it doesn't make sense, yeah. No, no. So uh, speaking of not making a whole lot of sense, uh, probably one of the biggest DC trailers to come out of Comic-Con was Aquaman. And, uh, you know, Jason Maboa is uh, reprising his role as uh, Aquaman. Uh, He's going to fight Black Manta. He's going to fight his brother who plays Orm or Ocean Master. Um, They've got a lot of great actors, uh, but I'm a little concerned after watching the trailer. I don't know what you think. Um, You know, it didn't do a lot for me, to be honest with you. Yeah. It looked like people riding sharks and stuff looked pretty cool, but it kind of looked a little, a little much. It didn't. I, I didn't get a real a big sense of excitement when I watched the trailer. I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm so stoked to see this movie. I was like, yeah, it looks all right. Well, I think they're sort of continuing that whole Batman versus Superman Justice League trend where everything looks like it's on a green screen. It's big action. They try the comedy a little bit, but it still has sort of that dark undertone. And, um, I mean, they, again, they still have not been resonating with me the same way the Marvel Universe has. No. And you know what's crazy is, like, if you're going to follow that, you you know, make it somewhat different. It's kind of like I didn't see trailers, obviously, but I saw photos for uh, Wonder Woman 1984. It's going to be set in the 80s, and I'm, I'm, I haven't even seen a trailer for that, and I'm more intrigued to see that. It's, you know, it just, I don't know. I, I, it, I'll, I'll see it. I mean, and there was parts in it that looked cool, but, you know, like I said, people riding great white sharks and stuff was kind of you know, a little on the hokey side. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, speaking of taking a departure for DC, um, something that looks really interesting is the other big trailer that came out. Uh, for Shazam. And uh, Shazam is uh, basically DC's Captain Marvel, went for by Captain Marvel for a long time. Uh, obviously, it's hard for them to take that name now. But uh, this is the way I see it. DC's version of a Ant-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy superhero with a lot of comedic elements to it. And from the trailer that I saw... And again, I'll put it up there for you guys to, to take a look at. I'm pleasantly surprised with what I saw. You know, the humor's there. Uh, they've got Zachary Levi, who's playing uh, the grown-up Billy Batson, or, you know, the Shazam version of Billy Batson. And uh, it should be interesting. Uh, 
I thought it looked good. It looked like big, superhero big. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I actually looked at... Okay, so before I watched the trailer, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. It's another DC movie, and I'm not knocking DC. I, I do like DC. It's just when it comes to DC movies lately, they have not been all that great, in my opinion. Because Marvel does them so much better, but DC does a great TV. Yeah. Um, you know what else they do really well is their animated feature films. Are yes. Fantastic. Yes. They do but, those great, but it's like the live action stuff just doesn't, uh, it just doesn't do great, or at least doesn't. Uh, I'm just not a huge fan of it. But seeing this Shazam trailer, I'm I'm excited about that. I mean, there's just one one issue I have where they're putting it. You're releasing it in April of 2019, so you're putting it about a couple weeks behind Captain Marvel and a couple weeks ahead of Avengers uh, Oof, yeah. Four. I think where you're putting it on your release calendar is not a good call. My opinion, I think that's a, a movie you either release in February. Well, actually, I don't even know if you release it in February because that's where they're going to release X-Men Dark Phoenix. I think that's where it's slated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you really go – you and I have had discussions not on the – obviously, this is our first podcast, but we've had discussions where – Sometimes your release dates where you fall for the big summer blockbusters really is – look at what you're going up against. I mean right. don't take on the big guys because I'm sorry if Shazam you know, goes up against any of those. It's not going to do that well because people are going to be like, eh, I'm going to go see this because I know that. But you know, April typically is a good month. I'm just saying it's kind of a – you're sandwiched in between some big stuff there. So we'll see. Uh, it looks good though. Yeah. I mean, if I was Warner Brothers, I'd put this out a month after Avengers. Oh, yeah. That, that Late, gives... Right in the middle of June. Exactly. Yeah. You know, because there you're still early into the summer blockbuster season, but you've given Marvel a chance to sort of fizzle out to some degree, um, especially with Shazam, who's a little more of an obscure character. Um, you know, most people don't aren't familiar with who he is. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. It does look cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I am looking forward to uh, checking out. All right. Um, Moving from DC to Marvel, but in the Sony realm, and you sort of talked about it a little bit before, is uh, Venom. And so even though Sony collaborated with Marvel for Spider-Man, Sony is releasing the standalone Venom movie, which based on the panel uh, that they did at San Diego Comic-Con, you know, the uh, filmmakers, Tom Hardy, who plays Venom, uh, Eddie Brock, would love to do something with Tom Holland, which leads me to believe, obviously, they exist in the same universe. Um, They didn't release a trailer for it, which is sort of a bummer, but, uh, you know, they... There was a lot of information that came out about Venom. And uh, from what people are saying that they saw from clips during Comic-Con, looks like there's going to be a big fight, probably with Carnage, um, and that uh, the symbiotic suit of um, Venom will have uh, weapons like axe hands and, and some cool stuff that they'll be doing with that. And then uh, they also released um, that uh, Riz Ahmed, uh, who's one of the actors, 
is going to be uh, sort of the big bad of the movie, which is a character that uh, a character named Riot. So will be another symbiotic character. Uh, yeah, it looks it looks awesome. Actually, the more I see it, I I think it's going to be really good. Um, at least here's to hope. And I mean, I know it's not a Marvel Studios movie, but still looks really cool. Looks. Looks better than Topher Grace's version of uh, Venom <laughs> back from Spider-Man Three. So definitely, definitely, and uh, you know the filmmakers were even saying that uh, you know this is going to be a, a Venom verse. You know, so they're going to build off of this, uh, create uh, you know more stories. There'll more than likely be a sequel to it, um, and that uh, in this story, nobody's a good guy. Everybody is bad, but some people are just less bad than others. Gotcha. It's kind of like Suicide Squad where, you know, the bad yeah. guys are actually the, the heroes, but everybody's bad. So, yeah, I can, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, and it looks so, cool, uh, though. I, I, yeah. I really think it looks cool. And then Sony also talked about a couple things that they're working on within this universe. Uh, one is Morbius the Living Vampire, which will star Jared Leto. Uh, so he'll be in both DC and Marvel. Uh, Silk, which is another web-slinging crime fighter female. And then Silver and Black, which is Silver Sable and Felicia Hardy, uh, basically Black Cat. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they can do with these characters and, uh, you know, how they can uh, make them hopefully as big as they want them to be without rebooting the franchise like they did with Spider-Man so many different times. Right. Um, what I I think with all this uh, coming out, it's uh, it's really neat. They're taking advantage of properties, you know, um, while they have the rights to them still. So, um, so hopefully they they're done right. And so far, I think even non Marvel studio movies for the most part have been pretty dang good. There's a couple of bad ones here and there, but yeah, can't yeah. can't hit them out of the park all the time. <clears throat> Exactly, exactly. All right, and then uh, staying in the vein of Spider-Man, one thing that I was sort of surprised to hear about and see a couple months back was that they're doing a feature film animated uh, movie of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and uh, the main character will be the Miles Morales version of Spider-Man in this. The more I see, the more interested I become. the directors of the movie are uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. Uh, they did uh, the Lego movie. They did uh, 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street. They've got a great sense of humor. And especially when it comes to animation properties, uh, they know how to knock it out of the park. Right. Um, and they originally, I think, were going to be in charge of uh, Solo, right? And then they had it fallen out and they left. That's they why did. Ron Howard gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, so we won't credit them with that one because Ron Howard had more to do with that. But uh, (laughs) this version of Spider-Man is going to play into the, as the title talks about, the Spider-Verse. So you're going to see different alternate universe versions of Spider-Man, including uh, Spider-Gwen. You're going to see the Peter Parker Spider-Man. You're going to see... Spider-Man Noir, which is um, voiced by Nicolas Cage. And then they're even going to have Spider-Pig. 
So if you're familiar with the uh, Spider-Verse, uh, that's one of the uh, popular Spider-Man incarnations. Awesome. They right. also appeared in The Simpsons. <laughs> um, so I'll post that uh, trailer. It was the trailer that came out a couple months ago, but uh, still pretty interesting. It looks awesome, man. I think for animation, it looks way cool. Well, not only that, it has a really like comic book style to it. Um, even down to like the old, you know, 1960s, 1970s comic books, where a lot of the times when they filled in color, they used dots instead of full color, and they borrow that style for this, and it, it looks really cool. Oh, I agree. It looks. Uh, I'm I'm excited for it. I think it looks awesome. All right. So speaking of exciting Spider-Man properties, moving from movies to video games. The other thing that came out of San Diego Comic-Con was the Spider-Man PS4 story trailer. That looks amazing. Oh, yeah. Sony, uh, the PS, like, this is going to be one of those games where you get a PS4. um, Well, if you're a big nerd, you get a PS4 probably just for this game. Because, I mean, let's be real. You can get most of the same games on Xbox or PlayStation. I mean, it's, the PS4 has definitely some bitching exclusives but this game looks phenomenal it yeah just animation is spot on um i can't wait to see the gameplay oh i can't wait either it looks i mean it comes out here in the next two months i mean that's you know wow i mean they're not even making you wait till holidays they're not like hey or here's a december one you know it's this comes out in september here you go yeah yeah, so uh, again, I'll post that trailer on uh, the Facebook page. Uh, check it out, especially if you're a video gamer. It's well worth a look at. And if you don't have a PS4, this might be the game to get a PS4. Well, yeah, for. especially they're going to have a, a bundle, uh, the PS4 Pro bundle, which will be a limited edition uh, red PS4 with the black Spider-Man logo kind of plastered over it. Um, and it comes with a copy of... Uh, of uh, spider-man for it uh, and it's the one that's the high def you know faster processor than the basic ps4 that you and i have but uh yep. you know but awesome uh awesome to look into and uh i i just i got i think this game is gonna be i, I have good feelings for it i think it's gonna be really great because it's not licensed by a third party that just kind of shells out games like crazy this is done by sony and uh, it, it's gonna be awesome yeah, yeah. Um, so the other big uh, video game announcement, uh, not announcement, but trailer that came out of uh, Comic-Con uh, was one of the wildly popular Lego games. And this one in particular is Lego DC Super Villains. Uh, it has an interesting plot to it. Um, basically, you have this alternate universe version of the Justice League, which... Oh, what did they call themselves in that? Uh, the uh, Justice Syndicate. The Justice Syndicate. And uh, they essentially get rid of the entire Justice League and end up being even worse than the supervillains who exist in the regular DC universe. And so the uh, DC villains basically have to team up to try and get rid of the even worse bad guys. What looks interesting about this is... Not only can you play as the different villains, but you also get to create your own villain and your own superpowers and uh, 
and it plays into the story as well. Um, if you like Lego video games, I, I think this is going to be one worth checking out. Well, you know, I was kind of at first, like when you had mentioned it, I had heard about it, but I'm just like, well, you know, unfortunately with Lego games, there's so many of them anymore. And it's just hard. They make great games. They really do. Um, yeah. But here's a tip. Don't buy it right away. Yeah. <laughs> Don't. No, and I mean that in the nicest way because they, you know, if you give it about six months to a year, those things drop so cheap. I mean, there'll be days on uh, Xbox Live or the PS4 where it's either a part of the free game of the month or it's you can get it for like under 20 bucks. Like I just picked up uh, Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2 probably about a month ago, which was the deluxe version, which you could go buy retail for 70 I got it for 25 bucks on Xbox Live. So Wow, that's a hell of a deal. Yeah, you know, so you're just taking advantage where, you know, before I was buying them right out the gate, like, because they're good games, but wow, you know, seeing how cheap they fall. And another good one, too, is um, if you have Xbox Live, um, I don't think it's on the PS4 for sale this week, but Marvel vs. Capcom in- Infinite, while that game ended up, you know, getting bad reviews and being disappointing because it was it didn't have X Men characters and the graphics were a little weird. Um, still fun gameplay, still good game. Not worth the full retail price, but definitely <laughs> worth fifteen buck download for sure. Um, well, and then the deluxe version with all the characters is like twenty bucks, I think, at Walmart right now. So, so they're like for you that don't that doesn't have the game, if you find it for like twenty, it's it's worth twenty. Worth checking out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Makes it's still, sense. It's still got the fun of Marvel versus Capcom, but it just—it's not a Marvel versus Capcom game. They really screwed the pooch. To quote Tony Stark <laughs> on that one, but uh, yeah, they—they they did mess that one up a little bit. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, that does it for video games, um, and then finally the last thing, the big—you know—last big thing to come out of San Diego Comic Con. One of the things that I would always go for are the exclusives i'm a i'm a toy collector i love action figures um and two of my favorite lines are marvel legends and transformers and so they had a lot of really cool debuts uh for both of those uh for the marvel legends They've started releasing the Marvel Studios 10th anniversary line, uh, which obviously is all of the characters from the cinematic universe. Um, a lot of two packs, a lot of three packs. Um, you know, you get the Hulkbuster versus Hulk. You've got, um, you know, uh, the Mandarin versus Gwyneth Paltrow, you know, Pepper Potts and uh, um, uh, War Machine. You've got. Uh, the Mark One uh, with Tony Stark. Oh, God, Killmonger with um, oh God, what's his name? Uh, the it... Hobbit. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha. He, he played the agent. I'm trying to remember. Ugh. Anyway, um, Captain America and Crossbones, um, Ant Man and the Wasp, Vision and Scarlet Witch. Uh, you know, so many cool ones. Uh, Ronan uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, God. So many. You're doing good, man. I'm just like, damn. I'm impressed. I know. I'm trying to remember them all. Uh, Red Skull and Hydra Agents. Um, 
and then uh, Thor and Sif. So, I mean, if you're into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and you like, uh, you know, good quality action figures, those are definitely worth um, collecting. Now, some of the new ones to come out of Comic-Con, uh, they're doing a Black Panther line from the Cinematic Universe. Uh, you get uh, Ulysses Claw, Black Panther, um, you know, T'Chaka, um, Killmonger, but uh, it, not in the Black Panther uniform, you know, when he's wearing that, uh, you know, the old mask. Um, you know, Io, so many cool ones. The other thing that uh, Marvel Legends is doing is uh, they've got their uh, Avengers line and then their X-Men line. And this line is really cool because they've got a lot of figures that sort of harken back to the 90s version that you and I grew up with. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I saw Gambit in there. Yeah, I mean, they've got Gambit. Um, they're releasing a Professor X in his hover chair, uh, which is going to be awesome. Um God, who else do they have? Sorry, I'm scrolling through the uh, Spider-Man ones that have the uh, Kingpin Build-A-Figure. But the X-Men line is going to have an Apocalypse Build-A-Figure, which is going to be really cool. Uh, they have Blink, um, character named Skullbuster, who I'm not super familiar with. I know he's one of the Reavers. And then they're doing a special edition, uh, Days of Future Past, which has Old Man uh, Wolverine versus uh, the Sentinel, uh, which would be a really cool collector's item. Yeah, no, they the toys, the just the detail on them, they look so cool, so yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. So again, if you like the Marvel Universe, uh, the Marvel Legends line of line of toys are well worth checking out. Uh, the other big toy line that I really enjoy, um, again, it's no secret, is Transformers. And so Transformers just wrapped up their Prime Wars trilogy, which started with uh, Combiner Wars went to Titan's Return, the Power of the Primes. Uh, they had a Machinima series that uh, uh, was really good. I mean, computer-generated, uh, awesome. And all of the figures that came out of those lines were fantastic. Well, in, at Comic-Con, they released what their next trilogy is going to be, and that trilogy is going to be the War for Cybertron trilogy. And uh, the first iteration of that is known as Siege. And they uh, released some of the toys uh, to view. Obviously, they're not available for purchase yet. But they look awesome. Um, you know, so far I've seen Optimus Prime, Ultra Magnus, Ironhide, Chromia, uh, Brawl, sorry, Brawn, um, and Hound. And uh, incredibly detailed they look awesome. Uh, you know, the accessories they come with uh, look amazing. And Hasbro, in their quality of their Transformer toys, have just been going up and up and up. And uh, so this will be a great line. And then, of course, they're going to make a uh, Machinima series for this one as well. So definitely worth checking out. Um, there's no word on when they're going to be available uh, other than that, uh, it'll be 2019. Well, very cool, man. They, uh, they're very neat. They look detailed. And they always, you know, they make good, like you said, you're a huge fan of them. You follow those a lot more. So I trust you on it. And just looking at them, I think they're awesome looking. Um, yeah. But, I, yeah, the way they do action figures, I mean, just nowadays is just, just so cool. 
Yeah, especially yeah, if I you're mean, a huge collector, it's it's worth it's worth checking out Comic Con alone just to see those. Yeah, I mean the action figures and the toys that we grew up with when we were kids. Some of them were pretty cool, but for the most part, they were pretty lame. Um, oh action yeah, action figures now, if you're a kid growing up, are awesome. I mean, so many points of articulation and the detail and the way they do things where, you know, you have to buy an entire series in order to build a figure. I mean, to be a kid growing up right now would be awesome. Obviously, as adults, we can purchase them as well, but uh, not quite the same as, you know, no, a kid. No, I think and, that's a cool thing. You being a father, you you get to see a lot of these you know, straight up with your kids as they're going through there, you know, where I'm an uncle one, my nephews are pretty much grown at this point. So, uh, you know, the toy era is over, you know, so I just get to see what you share and what I see on the internet and stuff like that. But, uh, they do a lot of cool things, man. They really do. Yeah. So that was a lot to cover. That was our giant sized first episode of the proton pack podcast. Um, Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Uh, We're looking at doing this on a weekly basis. And as we move forward, as Tony said in the beginning, uh, it's going to be movie reviews, TV reviews, uh, new news coming out. We'll dive a little bit deeper into some things. It won't be the sheer volume that this first one was. No, this one was just big because of Comic-Con. I mean, we'll be talking about maybe like a cool trailer we saw this week. what the box office report was, um, what movies you guys should go see, things like that. Um, we're really going to roll with it, and we want to try to keep it uh, as PG-13 as we can so you won't uh, hear us drop a lot of F-bombs or bad words. You may not hear an F-bomb on the show. But uh, nonetheless, we want to make it very entertaining. We'll be doing movie reviews. Um, it's definitely going to be Chris and I just basically shooting the shit um, um, as we do this. But uh, – of course, like in a very um, family friendly way. So that way, you know, if you have, you know, there's a younger audience that listens to it or whatever. But uh, it should be a lot of fun. I, I'm really excited doing this. And uh, I think this is some, you know, talking pop culture is something that I know, you know, 90% of our friends talk about and things like that. So, you know, because we also do a heavy metal podcast. So you won't hear music stuff on here. Unless it pertains to, if it pertains to the content, then sure. But um, typically, I don't think this will be the uh, format for us for that one. So exactly, and we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram. Uh, you know, reach out. You know, we, yeah, again, give us. We, yeah, feedback's always good. You know, it'll make the show that much better because we're just doing it to have fun. We're not. You know, we're hoping to get a lot of listeners, a lot of stuff. And this is just really a good time for Chris and I to catch up. And as I said earlier, you know, shoot the breeze and uh, talk things that are nerdy. So, you know, thanks. Thanks for the listening to this first episode. And uh, we look forward to having you guys uh, check us out weekly. Share us, retweet us, whatever you want to do. Spread the word of the Proton Pack podcast. <laughs>